and welcome to People on Purpose. I am your host, Paul Kimmerling. People on Purpose highlights individuals who strive to live authentically by aligning their choices with what is most true and meaningful for them. Today's guest is Donna Teitelman, and here's more about her. Building on a thriving corporate career, Donna started Impact Executive Consulting in October of 2002. She helps entrepreneurs and executives maximize business outcomes related to people, processes, and promotion. Over the years, she's worked with corporate executives to increase their promotability, and more often, entrepreneurs refining their leadership competencies as CEO. At the time when a startup is reaching high growth, Donna provides support on organizational development, leadership development, corporate responsibility, and building the executive's public persona. Donna recognizes the call for sustainability as a a critical success factor for an increasing number of firms. She aids her clients in setting up the systems, policies, and processes to achieve a corporate social responsibility score that differentiates them from competitors. Donna gives back by working with young adults. She helps them distinguish their transferable skills, make the most of business networking in college, and support their job readiness with strategies to promote effective interviewing and a robust career. Donna, thank you so much for being with us today. Hello, Paul. It's always a great day getting to speak to you. Oh, shucks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So, you know, you and I both know in our conversations about purpose that recognizing our individual sense of purpose can really be an iterative process that takes place over the course of decades or perhaps our life. And so I'd like to start our conversation uh, really with a question about your current sense of purpose. So to kick off, how would you describe your sense of purpose as it is today? Well, Paul, I think purpose occurs on many levels. So after I sort through the standard priorities, family, professional life, self-care, I can focus on what I call my driving purpose. And that would be the one that keeps me up at night. Okay. Say more about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I've always had this nagging feeling as my children grew up that they were capable of so much more than anyone really gave them credit for. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I got them involved in some pretty diverse activities. Uh, and it ended up testing my theory that young adults can do amazing things. Mm-hmm. So when my younger son went off to college in 2017, I felt this awful void, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with some of the things that we had been doing together that were that were now coming to this close. So it really bothered me. And I had the feeling that these activities that we were doing really tested young people and that somehow the educational system should be addressing their preparation. Um, And, you know, like I didn't see that anywhere, especially Mm. for the things that I have real skills at delivering. And as you mentioned in the opening, I work with executives in corporate America and entrepreneurs whose businesses are in fast growth. So I've got a really firm grasp on what it takes to be successful And it's those tools that I believe should be available to students. And in fact, I've worked with children as young as 11 years old and watched them accomplish goals that would normally be considered exclusively for adults. So to capture my current purpose, Paul, for you in a sentence, (laughs) 
Sure. It's entrusting today's youth with tools that enable them to reach for goals normally reserved for their adulthood and to help them understand some of the peripheral issues to operating in the professional realm. Mm. That's amazing. And I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) You said said so many great things. Oh, no. So um, the idea of providing um, tools and processes to young adults or even kids to really foster their development in like a profound and accelerated way is really exciting. And so one of the things I'd love to hear more about is this um, sense of accomplishment that you give kids. When you mentioned that they're able to reach goals that developmentally most people would assume would be reached later in life, I'd love to hear more specifically about what are some of those goals that kids are able to reach as a result of the work you do with them? Well, I'll go back to my own family. So my husband and I had very different interests. And when the children were growing up, my husband was in charge of sports and he volunteered as a coach. So each of the kids had started basketball, for example, when they were four. And um, I remember my one son, he was like afraid to even step on the court. And then as he began to play, he wouldn't shoot the ball. Fast forward, when each of the kids were 12, my husband had them keeping the stat book for him. And then the next year, they did a good job. He made them assistant coach. And to look at this as a continuum, each of those boys ended up being head coaches of their own team and training their own assistant coaches who were their friends. And when they were 16, each one became a paid referee in that league. And at 18, they were PIAA certified, which means they're eligible to uh, referee in the school system. And so I like to look at the continuum of if you give the student a chance to have a path and then they have a guide behind them and they have steps in the path they're going to be able to do something that, you know, they might not normally do. And of course, we were lucky because as parents, we got involved very early on, which is definitely one of the tenets of my purpose is the earlier that students get guidance, the sooner they'll realize they're really capable of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, On my end, as I said, we had pretty different approaches. I was working with both of the children as they got to their bar mitzvah and there was a service project that they were required to do. And what ended up happening was that first experience in service was so powerful. Both of the kids went into high school really having a grasp on what it meant to volunteer. And at our local high school, there was a 60 hour requirement for students to give community service. And so both of the children ended up being leaders in that regard because their friends could easily see they knew what they were doing. And so everyone wanted to make this requirement. And so they ended up having to organize everything and and get everyone moving. And of course, that built on itself, built a ton of confidence. My younger son started a club at the high school. 
uh, because by the time he got there, there was definitely this culture of service in the family and he was super confident. So inside of that club, he ended up serving over a dozen nonprofits. And that was so powerful. That's where that void came in when he graduated that I felt like, wow, there should be some way this could continue. Absolutely. Those are amazing examples. And, you know, what I'm hearing in your description is that both from the, from the guidance um, that you gave your kids and also your husband, that there was both an early emphasis on um, the guidance you gave and the encouragement and possibilities that were laid out, as well as an increasing sense of how the kids could keep moving forward, like right. what's next and what does it take to get to next, so that things became developmentally very clear for everybody, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So here's, here's something I'm really curious about. What is it about this that really makes you feel um, so motivated, feel so engaged? Well, every day I work with CEOs that are running businesses. And mm -hmm. so for those who are entrepreneurs, generally the energy comes around the idea. An entrepreneur is someone who can make money out of any idea. And mm -hmm. so when I work with them, they're getting to the point where now the business has taken hold and there's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 employees. So their role in the startup sense has really evolved into more of administration and management and strategic. And right. sometimes that's not as energizing for an entrepreneur as it might be for, let's say, a corporate executive. So what I do is I work with that individual to really fill in those blanks. Um, and because a lot of them do want to stay with the business and those tools that I'm giving to those CEOs are things that I know my kids were doing when, uh, <laughs> when they grew up. And so I have this sort of nagging sensation that, wow, how come, I'm just, I'm, I can't get this backwards. Like, how come I can't get this into the school system or, or into some club? And it's funny because a golf coach once said to me, I'd rather teach someone golf who was trying it for the first time than to try to break bad habits, like in the swing or the grip. It's nearly impossible to try to fix something. And so that idea of taking these tools that I'm working on with the CEOs and introducing them to young people at a very young age is, is a blank canvas. They, they have no fear. <laughs> um, right. And and they're willing to try anything. They have no bad habits, Paul. So I just right. feel like it's it would be the best expression of what I have to offer if I could give it to someone who could use it for the rest of their life and then do anything they want with it. Right. So what you know, one of the things I'm hearing as you talk about this is there's a Part of what makes this powerful is recognizing that there is a 
there was a time in someone's life where they are ripe for something like this right. because they are a blank slate, right? Um, they are, especially kids, are not fearful. They have no preconceived notions or ways of doing things. So there's a level of openness, right, that prevents that presents this great opportunity, as you know, your kids presented you with, to really take these suggestions and use the tools and almost be formed and informed by them as they go forward. I exactly. just want to check to see if that's what I'm getting here. Absolutely. One of the criteria uh, that you hear people talking about when they describe millennials or Generation Z is that youngsters have easy access to all the answers. Mm. I and can Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They do. And therefore, they might not be equipped to deal with complex issues. And so I think this generation is getting really discounted because of that. And I feel like that is reason more so for the early intervention. And a lot of times I find that the students have the hardest time transitioning into like that professional persona. Mm -hmm. They don't really know what that is. So they're not learning how to write cursive. So they're not um, sending handwritten notes, right? That's part oh, of, right. of networking in my day. Um, you know, they're not really doing a meeting. A meetup is online. So there's they're not really uh, schooled in the social graces. Um, right. And so they don't always have the confidence to take that brilliant idea that's, that they're thinking of and roll it out into the adult world, you know, to get some support around it, whether it's sponsorship or funding. And so there are three things that I know I can bring to students, you know, while they're still developing, that by the time they get ready to launch whatever it is they're ready to do, that big project, they've got that basis. And I'm, and I'm excited about that. Cool. Would you be willing to share the three things? Sure. sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, um, so it starts with identifying their strengths. So mm -hmm. I like to tell all of my clients, and doesn't matter how old they are, that in <laughs> order for me to get to know you and to get started helping you strategically, I need for you to identify your top five competencies. And so as a young adult, someone who's in middle or high school, that's going to relate back to things that they're used to doing, like sports, volunteer work. Maybe they have big responsibilities around the house. Uh, maybe they're into music or even gaming, programming, coding. And so once I can get the person focused on breaking that into five distinct skills, single words, adjectives, that is so empowering. It like opens up Pandora's box. And so now I help them to figure out, well, now that I know what I'm good at, how do I translate that into a transferable skill, something that an adult would recognize, mm -hmm. um, you know, that would make me worthy of their support. And so I like students to track their accomplishments around their five competencies Got so it. that when they succeed at something and they go, geez, you know, we just won a basketball championship. Um, you know, what was my role in that? 
And once they get things written down, it starts to shape up. Hey, I really am able. I'm really accomplished. And better yet, I can message that to other people because I have these examples and those examples are organized around five distinct areas that make me who I am and that have gotten me to the point where I'm ready to do this adult project, right? Right. And, and I can see, I'm yes, sorry, go ahead. It builds. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see that this uh, would be wonderful to have at your fingertips in any kind of situation. So as you mentioned, if I'm 16 and I'm looking for sponsors for a project, I can much better articulate something in the terms that an adult would understand right. in order to get support. Or if I am writing an essay for a college application or interviewing for a summer job, I can run down my list of competencies and give examples of right. when those actually were in evidence. Yeah. Right. And I would take it one step further, Paul, because Go, once Donna. a student <laughs> starts to build that confidence, I like them to try to achieve some credentials. So if you remember when I said my sons were uh, certified as referees, right. that's a credential that you can get as young as 14. And the PIAA has a limit of 18 because that's, uh, you know, an adult certification, but those children would never have been ready for that, except for the fact that they started and they were accomplished referees by that age. But there's other things like uh, being an officer in a school club or being first chair in, in a music group, an orchestra or a choir. Um, there's all of these things that students could do. My younger son was interested in coding and he went on the internet and he found an, uh, a Python class on something called the Code Academy. And they're able to give him a certification that he can then present, whether that's in an interview or on the resume or on his LinkedIn. And so I don't know if young people are aware of the fact that these things are important. They, they make adults stand up and take notice. And so I like to really dig in once they're starting to share those accomplishments and say, hey, you know, is there a certification for that? You know, is there something on um, Coursera uh, mm -hmm. or Code Academy that you could go and test your skills and then go ahead and document that? And so I really do believe that that's what allows young people to build a professional persona. They, they just need some guidance. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I hear in our conversation to, so far that um, this has been um, a, a very, an, a very much an early project with, you know, between you and your husband with your kids and has really continued over time as they have developed, uh, gotten older, achieved new levels of competency or success and specifically the certification so that the, there's a whole arc of their development that both of you were intimately involved in. Um, so I'm curious, what kind of choices did you have to make in order to help this process move forward? Well, it, it's funny, you know, I talked about taking care of the standard priorities, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So 
I am so caught up in my career. I'm intensely interested in strategy and people promoting their skill sets and their organization, their business. And, you know, I really found myself with this panic that, you know, my son was going to go through college and the high school was going to forget all about the leadership club that he started. And there wasn't anything I could do about it. And so one day, uh, the father of a young adult that I was coaching and I got in this conversation and, and I disclosed this, you know, I was authentic and vulnerable and it was such a, a lovely exchange. And the gentleman said to me, I, I'm going to get you a book. And sure enough, he sent me a book by Matthew Kelly called The Dream Manager. And I was halfway through chapter one when I realized that I was fully capable of engaging my son to create a legacy for the service club that he started in high school. And although it would be a daunting task, as I read through the pages of this book, it was so descriptive about taking it one bite at a time. That iterative mm -hmm. approach uh, that I learned as a process manager in corporate America and it gave me something to engage my son because he was away at school and it gave us something to talk about. And we did it one step at a time. And ultimately, uh, what got created out of that was the Leaders Creating Leaders Scholarship. And this is not only a cash award for graduating seniors at my son's high school, but an entire summer of professional development and training to develop that credential, persona, transferable skills, teaches wow. the students how to network, how to, how to get champions that they would meet as they were going through college, how to develop mentorship, and ultimately sponsorship. And, you know, it's funny, uh, one of the entrepreneurs that I'm associated with said that if he had known how hard it was going to be to get this business off the ground with this invention that he created, he probably wouldn't have taken it on. Mm. And I can agree with that. It really turned out to be a two to three year project just to get the scholarship launched in 2019. And it was a great day. And then the next year, my son, because the fundraising was just overwhelming, he opened a perpetuity fund so that any money that was collected uh, could ultimately earn interest. So 10 years from now, when he's off in his career and his family, that scholarship's going to continue. Mm. So, I mean, those types of things are, I think, difficult to conceive. How am I going to do this when I'm working full time and, you know, uh, I've got two kids in college and, you know, I'm worried about aging family members and, and all of those things. But I can say to you that after reading this book, The Dream Manager, it really, um, it challenged me and it also gave me a path. And that's the exact thing I want to do for the kids. So I thought if I can't do it for myself, how am I going to transfer that, you know, and help them to see that they can do it? Right, right. And, you know, one of the things I'm taking from what you said is that, I think the conversation you had with that gentleman and also reading the book helped you to understand how you could best assist your son. So rather than 
either dumping it all on him with no guidance or taking it all on yourself, exactly. right? It sounded as if you were able to share with him a possible path forward right. so that he could really create the legacy and learn as he was doing it. Exactly. And I'll tell you right now, as a senior, he's interviewing for jobs. He's a finance major. Sure. And all of the interviews are virtual meetings. Yes. And he spent the entire summer on virtual meetings with the scholarship winners, past and present, translating the education process that we used to do in the boardroom at my office to the computer. And so he's a hundred percent comfortable with everything that could possibly happen in a virtual hmm. meeting because he spent over 14 hours doing that this summer. And so right there, you get to see how taking on a project that would normally be something an adult would be doing, launching a perpetuity fund, then enables him to be successful as he tries to achieve his career goals. So it really does all work together. And, you know, the impression I'm getting, Donna, is that you get so much fulfillment from watching other people develop and be successful. That's true, Paul. It, it, yeah, it makes I mean, me it, emotional. It's everything. It's beautiful. Me. It's beautiful. And, you know, you have devoted so much time and energy, both emotional and mental energy, to how you do this, whether it's with your kids or with the executives that you coach. And it's clear to me how much of investment that is, but also how much it brings to you in terms of how amazing the results can be and how great that makes you feel. That's truly inspiring. Yeah, it's... um. I always say, you know, what's my legacy going to be? You know, um, no one's going to remember how many hours I work today. <laughs> right. Um, but I'll tell you something, as those students move into adulthood, I can look at that and say, I made a difference. And, yeah. and that's where I want to make the difference. Yeah, of course, my clients that are CEOs are successful, but they were successful when I met them. All I did was bridge them to a certain point. But I right. feel really invested in these young adults that I've been working with. And, you know, they mm. come back, you know, later and tell me what's going on. And, of course, then they're in their careers. And uh, so they're trying to apply these principles and skills to make their career work. And it fits right in, you know, a five-minute conversation can get them right on track, right? Because yeah. they don't have any bad habits. It's just about tweaking. Right, exactly. Well, Donna, this has been a really inspiring conversation, but before we close, I would just ask, for those of us who are listening, um, how might you encourage them to live authentically or um, you know, explore what's meaningful for them in terms of purpose? Well, again, I think the major barrier is the demands of everyday life mm -hmm. and I was lucky that I had the book, The Dream Manager, to sort of snap me out of it. Mm -hmm. But I also have another process, uh, a daily practice that I do that I think clears the way to reach for greater, uh, bigger and better things. And I would recommend that people start small like this instead of you know sure. going right for the big project. See if you can manage every day effectively and pull those competencies in and if they want to give this a try, um, what I do first thing in the morning when I wake up 
just kind of in the quiet of the morning, yeah. I'll notice that thoughts start flooding into my mind. And it's usually about like what's going to happen today or what happened yesterday that I have to clean up. And <laughs> um, I don't find that necessarily inspiring. So what I do is ask myself, hmm, what do I need to bring to today to powerfully take care of what's in front of me? And mm -hmm. I go right back to what I tell the students, make it a competency, a single word, an adjective, something that you're good at. And go ahead and pick that word and have it be your champion for today. So when I woke up this morning and I knew that we would be talking together and yeah, we're doing a podcast, you know, um, I said, well, what do I need to bring to the table that's going to support me? And the competency that I came up with was authenticity mm -hmm. and, you know, being vulnerable and saying what's really there for you doesn't have to make you look good. It just has to be real. I think it's what's missing really in business relationships and even personal relationships. People are always trying to one up or look good. But if I can take that competency and get some energy around it. It really makes my day different. And the way that I do that is iterative. It's very strategic. And I basically take the competency and I use it in the first word of a sentence. So I might say something like authenticity helps people relate to me and it builds trust. And mm. that makes me feel really excited. Like, wow, that that's cool. But I don't stop there, Paul. I go ahead and do numerous sentences. I use authenticity as the second word in the sentence, and then the third word, and then the fourth word. And it just takes about five minutes and really occupies my mind. I push it all the way out to like 10 sentences. So not only have I stopped the thoughts that are flooding into my mind mm -hmm. that are worrisome thoughts, but now I've engaged my entire being in 10 statements about a competency that I think is going to make me successful for the day. And I'm like jumping out of bed. Like I can't wait to get started. And I think that if people can find a purpose for the day or can feel empowered to take care of the standard priorities each day, that's going to open up a space for that real purpose, the burning desire, the driving purpose, the one that keeps you up at night saying, you know, who's going to make sure that young adults have exposure to these tools that they're perfectly capable of using so that they can build credentials and build credibility when their generation is really being discounted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that, because that's a really practical set of suggestions that any of us can follow, right? And as you say, it really changes what we focus on and creates a very um, positive and possible outcome for the day. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. So as we close, first of all, I want to thank you, Donna, for this wonderful conversation. It was terrific to talk with you today. I enjoyed talking with you, Paul. And for those who would like to learn more about you or connect with you, 
are there particular ways you'd suggest they do that? I'm a big LinkedIn user. I put my phone number, my email, my website, all in the contact section of my LinkedIn. Great. I think the trick there is knowing how to spell my last name, which is T-E-I-T-E-L-M-A-N. Thank and you. And I always like to have a note when I connect with people on LinkedIn. And so if there's someone listening to the podcast that wants to connect and talk more about some of the things you and I discussed, then go ahead and put that in the note and say, hey, I heard you on Paul's podcast and I want to connect. That's tremendous. Thank you for those very clear suggestions. I want to thank you again, Donna. I want to thank all of our listeners. This is People on Purpose. I am Paul Kimberling. Thank you for listening.